Hello, everyone, and welcome to the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Cretelli, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Luca Moya. A lot to talk about today, not really heavy on the topics, but some interesting topics we will be discussing on this episode. First, we're going to start off with Luca's trip to Buffalo to watch the Bills and the Pats, as well as give out our marquee matchups for Week 14. As well, a lot is going on in Leafs Nation. Suspensions, injuries, good play, bad play. We're going to get into that. And to end off the show, a little F1 and golf talk. Wow. What a show. But first, how was the game in Buffalo? I just want to set the scene here for uh, everybody who doesn't know Luca. This guy, when we walked home from school, was bundled up to the nines, scarves, gloves, (laughs) boots, everything. So when I saw this scene down in Buffalo over the social media, I'm like, this guy, he's not going to go to the game. He's not going. There's there's no way. I know he loves the Patriots to death. There's no way this guy's going. Snowing, winds, going crazy. They couldn't even kick field goals. The, The ball wouldn't even go through. Crazy game, first of all. Crazy. Luca, how was the experience? Let everybody know about it. Well, it's funny that you say that because, uh, you know, you grew up on ice, basically. So we're a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what we can handle in the weather. Nick's actually worse than me. And I'm bad. But Nick's way worse. Like Nick, Nick showed up without a jacket. He showed up. Listen to this. Shows up and comes into the car. And I said, dude, where's your jacket? So I wore a winter jacket, you know, like gray winter jacket mm-hmm. with the fur, right? That's what I had to wear. And all I had to show people what fan I was, just had a little Patriots hat. That's it. Nichols and buys the Bills Mafia jersey, uh, hoodie. He's like, yeah, yo, it's okay. I got layers on. I said, I could be naked under this jacket, and I'm still going to be more cozy than you are. He goes, no, no, I'll be fine. Dude, we get there. This guy was free and didn't even bring a hat, man. I was like, dude, you're insane. You just put his hood over. It was crazy. The weather was insane. We put prop bets, okay, me and my friends. Jacoby Myers, over four catches. Dude, they didn't even throw the ball four times. So I lost money on that bet. But all in all, I got to say, Buffalo fans, man, they're crazy. The atmosphere is insane. You cannot sit down. The whole game, you are standing up. The only time I sat down was in between, you know, like commercial breaks. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when the play's back in, you stand up again. And I have people yelling at me, heckling me, all right? And I'm just there like, Bill does it again, you know? And he just uh, won the game. And I was really, really pumped up. And it was crazy because I was yelling so loud and you could barely hear me. Stadium was rocking. It was really good. It was really, really fun. The, the snow kind of like, the pictures that you saw before the game, it wasn't like that throughout the game. Like it wasn't like a huge like blizzard or a snowstorm. It was just really, really windy, like very, very windy. And then you see Mac Jones on the sideline. We were right behind the Patriots bench, right? Like the 20 yard line near the Patriots bench. So we were seeing Randy Moss, Adam Schefter, Booger right in front of us. So I'm like, yo, get me in on there. I could talk, you know, <laughs> I was trying to shoot my shot a little <laughs> yeah. bit. So it was crazy. Didn't bring the and, resume, eh? Didn't yeah, bring I didn't the bring resume. the resume. I didn't bring the demo on the USB. I should have just tossed the USB just threw at it all Randy and just see what happens. Exactly. Um, but it, it was it was really cool. And Mac was warming up on the sideline and 
we're all saying to ourselves, buddy, why are you warming up? But you're not throwing a pass, right? So it was crazy. The banter was cool with the Buffalo fans. Uh, we had a crazy guy behind us, but all in all, um, it was really, really fun. Like we're going to try to make a, a yearly thing out of this, mm-hmm. but you, I just, you, you can't complain when you go watch your team live like that. Like imagine you go, I know it's, it's a bit different because the Leafs are, you know, you're David, there's 82, game. 82 games in the yeah, season, 41 games. at home. But like, imagine going to like Seattle and seeing that atmosphere. Like yeah. it's just, it's insane to see. So it was really, really fun. Uh, quick story, just so I don't ramble on here. Hey, go ahead. This hey, is thanks. a spotlight episode because when we it. get to the Leafs, oh, buddy, Appreciate there's going to be a little bit of rambling. So go on. So I went with Mateo, been on the podcast before. Nick, been on the podcast before. And Christian, been on the mm-hmm. podcast before. So Christian goes to buy a drink or, you know, he's in line and he bumps into someone. And Chris goes, oh, like, sorry, like, whatever. Like, sorry about that. Like, I didn't see whatever. The guy looks at Chris and goes, why are you saying sorry? Are you Canadian? <laughs> dude, they don't say sorry down there. So you know what Chris says? He goes, no. <laughs> he said no. Because, dude, like, you can't say sorry. There. You have people bumping into each other. No sorries are thrown around. So Chris said sorry. And they're like, they literally said, like, you must be Canadian. How wow. crazy is that? Like, are we that nice? I, like, for me, as a Canadian talking to another Canadian, you don't really, like, it, it's just second nature. Oh, That's what I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Like I was at the mall this weekend. Oh, bumped in. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry bad. about that. And both you know? people turn around and say that. And it's exactly. just, it's just a normal thing. I guess you go down there across the border, just the whole attitude oh, and mood changes. Just, That's it's completely crazy. different. That, that he like, assumed at, with us saying, sorry, like one little thing that any human being bumping into somebody in line should say you're Canadian. That's crazy. No accent. He didn't say, hey, bud. Like, he didn't say anything like that. <laughs> he said, sorry. And they know, and they knew. And it's crazy down there. We went to a grocery store before uh, before the game. And, bro, like, like, you, like there's bills everywhere. The, the, de- like, the people at the deli had, like, bills hard caps on. Bills wow. everywhere. Bags. Your grocery bags are in the, their bills, logos on the bags. Like, the, it's mm-hmm. insane over there. So, it was really fun. It was crazy. Um NFL games, man, they're no joke. They're really yeah. I can just imagine how college is, bro. Yeah. I've heard college is worse, like crazier. I mean, so yeah, I my, be, one of my buddies has been to a Penn State game. Oh, my. The whiteout. Like, the whiteout. Like he crazy. just said, the atmosphere is like, like, that's on the bucket list. It has to be like going, like, I would say, on you've been to Foxborough before and you've watched the Patriots game. I have not. Fox. You have not. I thought you went. I haven't. You told no, me. I, went, I went to Boston. Boston. But uh, my dad didn't want to drive 40 minutes to the stadium, so I couldn't go oh, my <laughs> see the stadium. So again, went, that would be on TV, a, a bucket list TV. thing to go to yeah, or go to Seattle. Exactly. And, like, they're, they have the reputation for being one of the loudest crowds in, in the NFL when their team is good. Exactly. So you're just mentioning the atmosphere of the game, like, as a fan. But let's talk about the actual game of what actually yeah. happened. Mac Jones, three passes. They ran the ball pretty the whole game. It was a low-scoring game. I was about to bet the over. I was no. going to bet the over. I think it was like 41 points or something. And then I saw that that the gust of wins and the field goals. I'm like, they're, they're going for a lot of fourth downs, and they're just going to run the ball. So the Patriots, they beat the Buffalo Bills. They take over top spot uh, in the AFC East. And the AFC Conference. And the AFC Conference. Oh, I thought it was still Baltimore. Sits no, they're, in they're after up. Sunday. I must have saw it too early. 
So take us through, what are you feeling right now with this Patriots team? They just beat the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, weather aside, and uh, the, the game could be totally different uh, with the weather being regular. But like, take us through how you're feeling with the Patriots now that they sit atop of the AFC and could have the bye for the first round of the playoffs. Man, there's just something different about this. I hate that saying. I, I hate saying, oh, this guy's built different, you know, all that. But seriously, like, there's just there's just a gut feeling, and I might be crazy saying this. I think it was because when Brady was here, I just expected it. Like, I expect to make the AFC Championship game. I expected to make the division, like at least win a playoff game. This I've never been this confident, even with Brady here, and it's crazy to say. It's so crazy to say, but I, I said this on the pod a couple. A weeks ago, I actually enjoy watching our defense play. That's number one. They fly around. They just do great things. Fundamentally, they're just like if you if you're an actual like football fan, like and you know the game of football, watching these guys play defense to me, it's just like these guys are phenomenal. Like they're insanely, insanely well coached. So that's number one. Number two, Mac is just I I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. And people were saying, ah, oh, you know, he didn't. You know, throw a ball or whatever, and I get it. Like he didn't have to do much or whatever, but I'm seeing him at the line, Lucas, right? And it's loud. Like I, you can't even hear the guy beside you, and I'm yelling. You can't even hear the guy b- beside you. This guy's calling audibles at the line. I said, "Mac, bud, no one can hear you, bro." <laughs> I said, "I don't know what you're doing." So they must have had two plays called and said, "If he wants to change it, this is the next play." So he was calling the game at the line of scrimmage a little bit, and I think that's really, really impressive for a young quarterback like that. It helps when you have McDaniel's, obviously. Helps when you have Belichick's defense only giving up ten points. But this team, they're just clicking. They're just doing the right things. They can run the football and beat a division rival, a team that people have in the Super Bowl. They went into their house and said, "You know what? We're just going to run the ball," and they beat them. They like they, they had they were literally one dimensional and they've they've shown in the past that games when just like the Bucks they had no run game and they were still in that game so the passing attack is is pretty good the run game is great the offensive line is good if everybody can stay healthy I'm serious like when I say this like I'm I'm, I'm very very serious when they say this like I really don't I can't see a, a game that they go into where I'm saying I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're going to be nervous. It's one game, anything can happen. We've seen that uh, immensely throughout this NFL season. One game, anything can happen. But every single game I go to now against all the teams in the AFC, I'm confident against. The way they're playing football, it's different, man. It's very, very different, and I hope they do it. I'm so dumb. I should have placed a bad. But low-key, I was hoping they lost a little bit on, uh, to Buffalo, so their odds of the Super Bowl went a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Then you put do. the bet in. But now they just got lower. Hey, it, <laughs> so. it, it's crazy because they move off Tom Brady. Like, and he goes, he wins the Super Bowl, and Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, they don't get it done with Cam Newton. So a lot of the narrative was maybe it was Brady. Maybe that's why the Patriots were so successful because they had Tom Brady. Now Bill Belichick has put an end to that narrative saying, no. It's my system. It's how I coach the team. He arguably can now go down if this Patriots team has success in the playoffs. If they go to a Super Bowl, there's no question that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach to ever coach in the NFL. You don't think he already is? No. I'm saying he solidifies oh, okay. that case. Yeah. 
he okay. still, there's Even no more. there's no other yeah. question okay. that Bill Belichick will go down as the greatest coach to ever play this game, one of the best leaders to ever lead a team to another Super Bowl. And what's crazy to me is that Patriots Bucks has the best odds uh, to go to the Super Bowl at ten percent. So. For the NFL with this crazy year and how up and down each game and each week has been, what a Super Bowl that would be. And the storylines, especially for media guys like us, Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick in the biggest game in North America, essentially. Everybody's going to be watching that game. The best quarterback versus the best coach. His, the former coach, the teacher and the student going at it in the Super Bowl. Mac Jones versus Tom Brady. That would be something to see. That would be the most viewed championship game ever. Like that's a game where even the casual fans sit down from the first start of the first quarter to the end of the fourth quarter. There's no getting up. You got to stick on every single play. That game is a must watch game. And it's like one of those games where it's like the Tiger Woods Masters, like what we were talking about last yes, week. The Tiger yes. Woods Masters. People are going to, you want to be a part of history. You'd be like, you want to look 10, 15 years into the future, 50 years in the future. Be like, I watched that game. I was, I was present for that game. I saw that game. So I'm rooting for that, to be honest. I want the Bucks. Tom Brady, I think, has the MVP locked up already. He's having a great it's season. It, it, oh, yeah. it's, it's close, but... Is there, there's, he's got the most, he leads the NFL in, in touchdowns. He leads the NFL in yards. I don't know. It, with this up and down season, I think you just give it to Tom Brady. And he, what he's doing it at this age is crazy. But Bucks, Patriots, I want to see that because my original pick of Bucks and Bills, uh, they, it doesn't look too realistic the way uh, uh, they're playing right now. Brady gets the MVP. That's a curse, low key, because no MVP has won the Super Bowl. Ever. But when have we, uh, how many times have we doubted Tom? I've doubted, doubted Tom Brady. Well, yeah, but one of those years he was an MVP. And they didn't win. And they lost. So you never know. Hey, he's already been part of that curse. Maybe the second time around. If you're me, right? Just think of me for a second because you care about me. Think about the emotions that would be going through me watching Gronk. Brady versus Belichick, just watching these guys. I would just be sitting there like my heart would just be like broken if we lost. If Brady just snatched, like he's done everything for me. Like growing up as a kid, giving me so many great moments, and I and, and I appreciate that. But like, man, screw off that game. Like, mm. I, I stuck with this team. People said, Moya, you're gonna be a, a Bucks fan. No, I'm not. I am a Pats fan, and I don't care. I am a Patriots fan. So if he goes, Tom, man. I love you, but F off, bro. <laughs> Just don't rip this away from me, okay? Don't let this happen. What a storyline that would be. That would just be phenomenal. I, I can't wait. The way the Patriots are playing, the way the Bucs are playing, I hope, we hope, that we see this down the line in the Super Bowl. We are growing to- up in we – are, we are spoiled, bro. Like, spoiled when it comes to who you're watching play mm-hmm. sports. Tennis, you got three of the greatest tennis players you'll probably ever see. Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, okay? Yep. Then you got on the women's side, you got Serena Williams, most dominant woman tennis player. Okay, let's go to golf. You just said it, Tiger Woods. 
the guy, I don't, we didn't get to see him in his absolute agreed. prime, but to okay. have those moments of him coming back from all of the things that he gone so, through, yeah. has gone through in his career, we got to see Tiger Woods. Uh, at his we got best. to see him play. Yeah, we got, we to, got see, to see we got, him play. We got to see him play. Honestly, we we probably got to see not probably we got to see him win the most memorable Masters ever. Ever, totally. Okay, in the whole sport of golf. So agreed. We could say that LeBron. Yep. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter ever. Yep. Kevin Durant going down, maybe the most skilled guy ever. Growing up, if you you know if you're younger, you got to see Kobe, rest in peace. But you mm-hmm. got to see him play. Soccer, Messi, and Ronaldo. we got to see. We still got to be at least capable to watch Kobe the exactly. 2010 11 runs uh, yeah. with the Lakers. That was vintage prime Kobe still too. Vintage prime Kobe. Yep. So when he was winning championships. Now we have McDavid. Had, now we have McDavid. Got to watch Crosby, Crosby. Ovechkin. Ovechkin, greatest goal scorer of all time, I think, undoubtedly, mm-hmm. personally. Okay, Messi, Ronaldo, and soccer. Like it, it just doesn't end. Football, Brady, Mahomes is the upcoming. Rogers, like. You hey, just, I want to throw in another sport here because I want to talk about this at the end of the show. Lewis Hamilton in F1 go. right now. Okay. That's coming up at the, at the, at the end about, of the show. What uh, about Mike Trout? Mike Trout. Otani. Otani. He, he looks like he's going to be, you know, a great Max Scherzer, Kershaw. Like, these guys are Hall of Fame. Like, first ballot Hall of Famers. Like, baseball is the hardest sport to make it into the Hall of Fame. And we're just seeing DeGrom, Scherzer, um, you know, Kershaw just – Pumping out mm-hmm. these career numbers and like they're just first ballot and Hall breaking of like records and just exactly. breaking all these records. And this is a great conversation. And I want to get your take on this. So we, you said all that you have all those, those fantastic, unbelievable athletes that have done their thing in their prime. And we are so lucky to have witnessed some of it. At least you watch last night, you see, uh, Trevor Zegers do that fake Michigan flip over the net assist. Yeah. And they were talking about it today on, on the radio. Like, ever, when is it going to be you haven't seen, you've seen it all? You know what I mean? Every That's year, it just point. seems that in every single sport, we get to see something different every single year with every generation. We thought McDavid was the cap of what he can do on the ice. Then you see Zegers with that skill. Pull, pull off a move that has never been done before. For uh, last year, two years ago, the Michigan goal, we thought that was the greatest goal to ever scored. Now they're he using it, it as a fake, a fake shot. No, he did it in, a, in Wisconsin in a okay. practice. And then he, he tried it in a game and it didn't work. And then um, he tried it in the game and Sonny Milano put it in. Like No, I'm talking was, about, um, oh my goodness, what's the guy on Carolina who pulled it off? Uh, Svechnikov. Svechnikov, yeah. Didn't he do it twice? He did it twice. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, so we thought insane. it was the greatest goal to ever, to ever be scored. And <laughs> yeah, you see ever. other guys. Now you see the younger kids coming up, and it's like natural yeah. to them. They can just do it easy, right? And now they're yeah. using it as fakes, Luca. Like people are watching out for a Michigan goal. That's crazy to me. Baseball, Otani is pitching and hitting 30, 30 bombs, 40 bombs a year. When is that it going to be enough? A, it's such a good point. And like when are we going to say, I've seen it all? And it's not even like skill related, like what you've seen in the game. It's also like historically, like mm-hmm. we've seen, we've seen the only thing we haven't seen is a three, nothing comeback in a basketball series. Cause that's never been done. Yeah. But three, one has been done. Yeah. You've seen, you know, blown leads in hockey, right? You've seen underdog stories in the Super Bowl. Just this year, you're seeing a potential 
historic Super Bowl that could happen. And you're and you're right. In soccer, how many times do you see teams blowing three nothing leads in the Champions League and mm-hmm. they're just coming back four nothing leads and stuff like that? Baseball walking off guys uh, nine runs in the ninth inning. You have literally seen everything, and I and I agree with you. I don't know what else there is to see. Vladdy Guerrero hitting the ball 115 miles an hour that like nobody has ever touched. Like, what about in 10 years when the next prospect comes and he's 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 hitting 120 off the bat? Or like Nate Pearson, there's rumors saying he can hit 105. What if that becomes like, oh, you throw 100, that's the norm. Or what if it's like you throw low 90s, that's not good enough anymore. That's not good enough anymore. You have to throw 98, 99 consistently. It's Every insane, pitcher. Sports, it's crazy. Sports is the best. This is why. It all, it's always on the uptrend and it always gives you something to yeah. that blows you away. Um, let's get into the marquee matchups before we switch over to hockey. And okay. I have another discussion we'll, we'll talk about uh, with the NHL. Marquee matchups. There's only three this week. They're, they're, I just wanted to get closer lines in big games. Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay favored by three. I'm going Tampa Bay at home. Buffalo. They're really struggling right now. I don't want to. I don't want to go against Brady, but I think the Bills could win this game. Um, but I'm just not going to go against Tom. I'm not going to go against Tom, right. but I, I do think there's a legit chance Buffalo wins this game. Divisional game: Baltimore at Cleveland. Cleveland favored by two and a half, which is yeah. I just man, this game is just going to be if it's anything like Sunday night, like mm-hmm. it's going to be so boring. I'll go with Cleveland. They're at home. They need a win. Ravens coming off a tough loss. Um, this division is going to get down right to the last week, I think. I'm going to go with the Baltimore. I like Lamar Jackson. I think they're a playoff team. They're, I think besides the Patriots, they're the next playoff contender or like big, big shot uh, in the AFC. I know Lamar Jackson's really been up and down this season, but when he's on, I think they can be a, a huge threat. And lastly, the Rams, uh, the, another divisional match in the NFC, Rams and Arizona, Arizona favored by two and a half. This Original game. One. I think the Cardinals are a better team, but I think the Rams pull off an upset here. You think the Rams pull off an upset? I'm going to go with the Rams as well, just because I think they're due. They are due for a good game. Detroit got their first win, which was pretty good to see. Jerry <laughs> Goff. Did you see – um? <laughs> the video of his supermodel girlfriend like finding out. I was like, oh, that's funny. She's doing like a shoot and Jared Goff's like in Detroit <laughs> like, <laughs> of all places. So let's move on to some hockey here. Toronto Maple Leafs, Luca. A lot to see. I'm going to sit about. back for this one. I'll just a lot back. to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to let me shine the spotlight. We're at 22 minutes here. We'll or do you want me to finish. go quick so you could just take it? Come raise your hand. Come in if you have. No, no, no. When once you start talking, I'm just I'm getting comfortable here. So you, you okay. continue. Over the weekend, Toronto Maple Leafs head on the road. Minnesota, Winnipeg, back to back games. First game in Winnipeg. Uh, pardon me, Minnesota. Shootout loss. Came back from three nothing down. I wasn't too mad about that. Wayne Simmons fights. Gritty game. Marner's out uh, with the shoulder injury. And don't even get me started about that. I don't even know what happened with Muzzin and Marner. Apparently, it was a collision, an open ice hit. I don't know who's open ice hitting uh, your best player or one of your best players in practice, but I don't think that's the case. I know there's – and they got into an argument. Like, 
I've been in plenty of arguments during practice with other teammates about like just things you do, or you didn't do this, or why didn't you hit me there? You hit me like aggressively, whatever that happens. But to now that your best player is out three to four weeks, that's a whole different story. Let's move on to Sunday night's game. Winnipeg. Absolute. It was like a fight fest there. That was a playoff game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That I wasn't even mad. The Leafs lost both games this weekend because of what I saw in these, both of these games, they showed the NHL and the whole entire league that they will not be pushed around anymore. I know Matthew still has to work on it after he was getting ragdolled by Dubois, but (laughs) seeing Simmons absolutely take on two guys, the referees holding him back. Kyle Clifford's like, if Simmons is going to go, I'm going to go. Jason Spezza, we're going to get into him as well. I know he got suspended six games for this hit, but after what happened to Rasmus Sandin, he knew he had to retaliate. And that's what I love about Jason Spezza. He's playing for this team for 750K at the end of his career. He wants to be here. I don't think of Jason Spezza as an Ottawa Senator or a Dallas star. I think of him at the end of his career as a Toronto Maple Leaf because the passion and what he brings to this, he had two goals against, against Minnesota to get them back in the game. I can't say enough about Jason Spezza. But what I saw in that Winnipeg series is what Leaf fans and Leaf Nation has been asking for for so long. Show some toughness. Show some grit. Because that felt like a playoff, like a playoff style game. That's the that's the stuff that happens in a playoff style game, especially against a heavy team like Winnipeg. The Leafs didn't back down. They didn't back down. A part of me wants Matthews to be more of that grittier guy. If, if Dubois is ragdolling you and you're not doing anything about it, yeah, I know your wrist is still a little injured, or you don't want to do anything to your wrist. Cross check him to the face. Show like. I'm sure the Leafs will be happy to kill off a penalty for Austin Matthews, who stood up for himself and not allow another player to bully him or and show other players around the league that, oh, we can do this to a star player because he's not going to do anything back. If he, if he stands up for himself, that just sends a message to other teams. And that's what I want to see from Matthews. I know Marner, Nylander, Tavares, they're not those type of guys, but Matthews is a big guy. Like, don't tell me he's like, he's not small like Nylander or, um, or Marner. He's a big guy, and I'm pretty sure he can handle himself. The next thing I want to touch on, Michael Bunting. Over these past couple games, has been lighting it up. Yeah, he's playing with Matthews and Marner, but he is playing that role. I think he's gotten way more comfortable with them. He's got 19 points this year. You want to know who else has 19 points, Luca? Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman has 19 points this year. Michael Bunting makes 950K, 19 points. Top five rookie scoring right now. He's a rookie. You know, I, 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 for some reason, I thought he was like a one year. But he didn't play. He guy. didn't play enough games last year for Arizona. True. So he still classifies as a rookie. It's like, um, what's his name? I forget his name. I think, I think it's Kaprizov or something like that. I think that's what he did too. He didn't play enough games the year before and then played for Minnesota all last year. So he Got still it. counted. He still counted as a rookie. That was my spotlight for them. Marner's out three to four weeks. Sandine's out two to three weeks. Dermot, he was out for shoulder. He was scratched last night. The Leafs need to make a move with this team because they're second in the division right now. They look like a playoff team. Like your Patriots, they're playing different. They play 
they are playing a different style of hockey, more defensive. Players are doing their jobs, what they're supposed to do, what they were brought in to do. Richie just got his first goal last night. He's going to get hot. Jason Spezza has <laughs> – Okay. He's going to get hot, buddy. Yeah, Watch. He's okay. going to score three goals in the next four games. Okay? So pick him up on fantasy. Yeah, pick him up on fantasy. Come on. <laughs> My question to you is, do the Leafs need to make – with all these injuries too, do they need to make a move now or still wait it out? I mean, you, you could say that they're buyers, I guess. I mean, every team always needs something more, I guess you can say. And they're always in the market. Like, you see Boston every year make moves. Tampa making moves. Edmonton a couple years ago. So, you have guys and, and, and management people saying, you know, we, we always need more. We always want more. But the way they're playing right now, do you really want to mess that up? Maybe for depth reasons, like you just want to get a guy, okay, like he expires at the end of next year. You can see him being here for next year in case you don't want to sign a certain player next year. He can fit into the lineup. He's a bit better. We need him for the playoffs. He's a veteran guy, yada, 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 all that, that stuff. But sure, they can make a move maybe, but who do you knock out? Like they're not going to knock Richie out. I'm sorry, but they're just not. No, what, what I'm trying to like – what I like, I know we don't have the, the the Leafs don't have the draft capital to like make a big yeah. move, like trade a first, trade a second. But it's like, who do you trade? What about for? Nick Robertson? You've I waited on like this him. guy for so long, and where does he fit into your lineup right now? I guess he doesn't. Like what? Like where? Like even next year, say we bring the same team back, where does he fit in? See, I would I would replace him with Richie. I would personally. You have Spezza. And Simmons doing the dirty work, and you have a skilled guy like that. I think it could work. I just think Richie, like I know he's had his struggles, uh, obviously, but he just brings a different element of like size, grit, this other element. Like, yeah, you have your top four. You have Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander. You could put Bunting in there as well. Kerfoot has been playing uh, better than better than expected on that second line. I just don't see where Nick Robertson fits in. And if you think your team has it, what it takes this year to get it done, and you need to trade for Ben Chirot's name has been thrown out there. as, And I think that's a type of defenseman that the Leafs need. One of those stay-at-home, sandpaper kind of guys that plays defense. He's going to play heavy in the playoffs. He, know, he went to the finals in Montreal. He knows what it takes to get there. And how his style of play, I think the Leafs yeah. need more of. Muzzin can only is pretty much the only type of defenseman that fits that bill. I think they need another one to to maybe bolster that third pair, maybe with Sandine, because I don't think Dermot or Lilligren can handle a full playoff series against Winnipeg, or against the Capitals, or Boston, or Tampa, with these those type of teams the way they're built. I just don't think the Leafs can handle that over a six, seven game series. So you bring in a guy like Schrott. Like, I just saying, like, Nick Robertson, how long are you going to wait on him? Like, would you pull the trigger on him if you think your team can do it by bringing yeah. in a, a certain piece? I guess the piece has to be the right, the right piece. But would you pull the trigger on a, a young prospect that you've waited so long for? I know he's injured right now, but would you pull the trigger? We've seen big deadline deals and prospects getting moved around. 
I mean, I don't think they'd do it for Sherratt. But if there was a big name yeah, D on the market, for sure. I could see them doing it. Big name D, but he'd have to be locked up though. Like you're not just gonna do it for a for season. a one year kind of guy, you know, unless they can get a pre assignment trade kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you can get a predetermined. But we rarely see that in the NHL, the signing yeah, it's, trades. It's really yeah, you you yeah, you don't see it a lot. But yeah, I, I could see Roberts going. And I think going back to your Dermot and Lilligren point, I think that's that's a great point. Right Even now, Hall everything... this year hasn't like can Hall yeah, handle Hall, it. I've never really been a Hall guy, but he's just he's a right-handed. I just think the way Muzzin him. has like I'm not saying he's regressed this year, but he wasn't Muzzin of last year. Tyler Toffoli said it on on an interview on a podcast saying when Muzzin went out, that's when Montreal knew they can win. Wow. Really? They they were talking about that when Muzzin didn't play game seven because of the ankle injury, it, it just gave them a boost of confidence and they said, we can win this game. Oh, you're saying like that. I thought you meant last when he year. fell on the ice. Last they year. thought they had a better chance with him no, playing. Last I'm sorry, year. that's what I thought. When he was out oh, of the okay, lineup. Okay, okay. They said the team got, like I guess, a sigh of relief when Muzzin, they said Muzzin can't play game seven, that they can win that game, which they ended yeah. up doing. It's a big loss. I just oh, think Mu- right. Muzzin hid what Hall really is. You know what I mean? Like I he held with Muzzin at the top of his game can hide what Hall lacks. And now that Muzzin isn't up to that standard, maybe this year, like he he's still playing fine. Don't get me wrong. Like I love Muzzin on that second pair, but Hall has been in and out of the lineup and really hasn't been what we saw of, of him last year. They need a right-handed defenseman, man. Like they, yeah. they, they just do. And Hall's their best one. Lilligren, they, they've, they've tried to kind of get him going, but it just but doesn't Lilligren work. and Sandine don't is not a playoff pairing defense, maybe through the regular season. Yeah. But those guys that, yeah. can't get you through as your sixth pair. I love Sandine. Sandine is a lock. What he's shown this year, I think he's a lock for next year's squad and might make – He's done after this year. His contract's over. Going to make uh, a certain amount of money. I hope not too high because we got to pay some other guys. But I like Sandine. Lilligren, not too high on. Lilligren could be another guy that they just move on and say, you know what? We, we just didn't hit. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like some teams are just scared to say, we missed on a guy. You miss, you miss. But it's okay to move him now than just hope he turns into something. Move him for a guy who's proven and and see what happens from there. I, I just think they, they need – I agree with you. They need grit. You have to look at the Leafs now and say, they, all, all this is great. All this regular season stuff, amazing. They had the same record that they did last year, the same amount of points, and they're playing harder teams. But they got to do it in the playoffs. Does This doesn't matter. That's why I'm this not getting too excited. nothing right now. They, they, we've seen this before. We have seen this before. Last year, we saw it. Yes, easier division, okay. But they also played probably the worst playoff team ever in history. Yes, they made a fluky run to the finals. But they got to they gotta absolutely dominate that team in five games and move on. That's and what they were up 3-1. Exactly. And I don't want to hear the excuse, JT, Muzzin, because they were up 3-1 without them. They got to get it done this year. So yep. they got to make a move at the deadline. I agree with you. Go out and get a defenseman. Go out and get that third liner that you think you're missing or whatever it may be. Go out, get someone that is going to put your team over the top because you're right. They have been looking like a team that you can't push around. 
But if that third line, that third D pairing is on there, do you really think Dermott's going to come in and just body someone? Like, they're just, no, he's not that type of player. He's a good defenseman, exactly. nothing wrong with him. But playoff hockey is very different. And we all know that as hockey fans, mm-hmm. the game is different. It's tighter, it's more physical, it's not a lot of space. So you better hope that there's someone in this Leafs lineup or there's someone out there on the market that they can get that will make them a true, true playoff caliber team. Because right now you could say that they're a playoff caliber team. You can say they're a cup contending team. Unless I see them get out of the first round, I'm not I'm not putting anything I think on. the Leafs are a playoff team. I think they still need to make a move to become a serious <laughs> playoff Stanley Cup contender. I know Anaheim's doing good, but like, what if they get a guy like Josh Manson? He's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, but like... These like guys a, a type of that of type of defenseman. Quiet... You never hear his name on the broadcast because he just does his job, and that's exactly. it. That's well, the like, type of D not? the Leafs need. But I just Schultz, don't think Schultz, I just don't maybe, think now, don't Luca. In years past, they had the draft capital to make those types of moves. Now they don't. That's why I bring up Nick Robertson's name, or even um, Hosang, who's playing really well for the Mar- Marlies. Yeah, you're gonna have to dip into the prospects. You got to dip into the. You got to dip into you your Marlies to. and see what other teams want. And if they'll go for it uh, before the trade deadline or at the trade deadline. Two more topics I want to get to before I wrap up this show. Spezza suspension, six games. Agree or disagree? No, it was a bit excessive, I thought. I mean, he was already going down. He had no stick, trying to clear the puck. Okay, fine. Suspension? Yes, I could see it. But six games for a first-time defender and a guy who's been viewed as one of the best guys in the league, yeah, per se? Mm-hmm. Tom Wilson got seven games or six games last year for smacking Brandon Carlo in the head. And this guy's a repeat offender, and he got six, seven games. Spets has done it one time in his career. And it's not like he, he said, oh, you know what? I'm going to go and knee this guy in the face. I don't think there was like that intent there. And I get it. The game was hostile, and, and maybe Spets didn't mean to hit him. But come on. You really think he meant to go knee him in the head? Like It was just a freak play. Mm-hmm. It happens. Suspension, yes. By the rule of the law, I mean, he needed the guy in the face. Okay. But, man, give them three games, four games if you want, okay, and move on. Six games is very excessive, very, very excessive. Yeah, I agree. I thought once I heard that he's getting an in-person hearing, uh, that it's like a rule where you can get up to, like, five or more games if that happens. I'm like, there's no way that that's above five games. Like, I thought it was three or four at least. Because it, Max. Uh, because Pioink went on uh, concussion protocol uh, the day after, didn't go make the trip with Winnipeg on their road trip. Repeat offender, like you said, one of the best guys, non-Rita Pet. He's never been suspended in the league. One of the most sportsmanlike type of players. He's had a 20-year career of n- no incidents, six games. And I'm saying, I think he meant to hit him, first of all. I do. I agree. After what happened to Sandine. Um, apparently, there was other uh, beef from, from last season that he he hit Marner or somebody uh, in the knee, and the, the Leafs took offense to that. I just think Pioink was in the wrong position when Spezza committed. He saw it from a different angle, and I played hockey, Luca. Once you commit, you, you, yeah, people like why didn't he move why didn't he stop dude you're going a th- hundred miles an hour 
You're not going to just stop on a dime not to hit them. That's not how fast they go, really, though, is it? Okay. Maybe. No, how fast, like, actually? No, I'm just saying, go. How Connor fast? McDavid, I think, reaches like 25, 30 kilometers or something like that. I don't know. I don't want to sound like an idiot. No, don't, no, no. Don't quote I think me. That's a, no, but still, though. Like, I've seen it on like the trackers they do on miles? in Canada. No, not miles. Kilometers. Okay. Kilometers is less than miles. So I would say kilometers. No, yeah, I've seen it on Hockey Night in Canada. They do the trackers sometimes with Connor around the yeah. ice. So that's Connor McDavid. Well, no, I'm not serious. That's also wasn't. Spencer wasn't also five gliding into the guy's head. Yeah, like, he, was, he was going <laughs> was... full-fledged for, for Pioink. Uh, six games. He's appealing it, so we'll see what comes out of that. Last thing before I just want to touch on Formula One. Do you watch Formula One? Are you aware I, yeah, of Formula I, I One? Just, I just can't get into it. I've tried. I really have tried. I just can't get into it. I, I just don't know why. That's brutal. I've been watching Formula One since I was a kid. My dad is one of the biggest Formula One fans ever. And it's it's interesting. I think it's interesting because my dad helps it, makes it interesting. My brothers are into it. My family's into it. I have a couple friends who are into it. I'm a Red Bull fan. And Mercedes, you have Lewis Hamilton. That's why I said he's a seven-time world champion might break the record this weekend in Abu Dhabi. It comes down to the last race. Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton tied at 369.5 points. Going down to the last race. Question, sorry, before you, didn't Verstappen get into an accident or something? Last or race? I, or am I just talking? So there was a big kerfuffle last butt. race in Saudi Arabia where there was a, Lewis Hamilton was in the lead, red flag, Max Verstappen took the lead. Then apparently he brake checked him. Max Verstappen got a 10, uh, 10 second penalty. Lewis Hamilton ends up winning, which gave him the amount of points to tie Max going into the last race. So who's better in your opinion? Lou- okay. Oh, here we go. Lewis Hamilton is the greatest Formula One driver of all time. Okay. What he can do in a car, how he he knows how to set up like it's very technical and how he sets up the car how he drives the car makes him the best if you put lewis hamilton in the last place car and put the last place driver in the mercedes which is the best car on the grid he can make that car go faster than that last place guy can like get a better time just based on angles the way he turns the but wheel but would he win no, he wouldn't win because the Mercedes, it's just the Mercedes and the last place Haas are, there is so much difference between the cars. Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, you can even throw in there, are the top teams uh, in F1. Obviously, more money, your car gets, your car is better. But Max is really, I'm a Max Verstappen fan. I love his his arrogance. I love his his cockiness. He's a young guy. It's really been Lewis Hamilton for the past five years. He's won championship after championship after championship. And it's uh, like a huge breath breath of fresh air now that F1 has Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton tied into the last race at Abu Dhabi. I can't wait. And I just wanted to set the stage for that. My pick is Max Verstappen is going to take home the world championship win his first ever world championship. And Lewis will not break the record for most world championships this season because next season in 2022, everything changes. The cars change. Some drivers are switching, switching teams. It's going to be crazy. So 
I'm all the way for Red Bull team. Red Bull go Max Verstappen. Only here you would get a rant about the leaf and then an F1 talk. I had to. I had to. I wanted to put oh, it in there because it's this weekend and there's just a lot of hype. In Have you Italian. been live? So I've been live. And I, how loud is it? See, here's the thing. We went, the cars have changed over the years and a lot of people are familiar with the, like the soundtrack of like the Michael Schumacher Ferrari. That is the, the loudest thing you could ever hear. My dad said, cause he's been to those races with those cars. You can feel it in your chest when they, oh, when they drive holy. by you. Like you have like old so men, have, the- like you have to wear earplugs. Like when you were there at the race. So when you go to these kind of races, right? Like, where's the best seats? Like, where the most? You know, See, you go to a football depends, game. It's it the always depends line? on where it depends it on where you line? sit. It's the finish it's, line. If start finish line, eh? It just you you sit at a certain turn. Like so in Montreal, where we went, we're, we're gonna rant a little bit here. Okay, hold on. Before you go, so how long is are the is the track? Depends on the track. They're all different. So some so you, like around what eight kilometers or whatever. How many? I would, they do it in miles. I Luca, it's there. There's there's some some okay. lap. Some races are seventy laps because the the track they, the cars can do in in a minute, and some so, are some are fifty because it takes longer to go around the track. So it's, it's what it's, three it's, hours. You sit there and watch it for three hours. Yeah, an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours. Okay. Um, what was your original question? So like, where's the, where's be- the best like, place where do you to sit? sit? Like, where's the most so expensive if, ticket? As a Canadian, if you're listening to this in Canada and you go to Montreal, the race in Montreal, which they haven't been in two years because of COVID. But when I went, there is, it's called a hairpin. So it's the turn that if you go all the way around and you go the other way. So for practice, we sat at one facing the hairpin. So you could see the car coming down. On qualifying, we sat on the side of the hairpin. Qualifying is how they set up the grid. We sat at the other. It's like one of the best corners in 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 all of like Montreal's a famous track. So okay. that hairpin is is where you see a lot of crashes, a lot of passes, and you get to see the car because they're going so slow. You actually get to see it. And then at the race, we sat at the first turn, okay. which was which was again a high speed turn yeah that's what where there's a lot of passing these cars like you're just like who the but there are that? tv screens everywhere like there's True. big tv screens yeah. so you can watch the whole race but to, we you had a view of the of the grid so when you hear the cars revving like mm, when they're in neutral it's just a really cool experience i hope everybody can i guess try to go to a f1 race before so for people who don't know lucas right you you are uh, i would say an above average fan in golf and f1 yes what would you rather go to? F1 race. Really? Ah, I don't know. I've never been to a golf uh, a golf thing before. The golf thing, would you want to sit? Like, where would you want to sit? I'd probably want to sit. Like, See, I wouldn't even three. sit at a golf. I'd just follow the guy. I'd follow. Oh, somebody. so you'd follow. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. I, yeah, I, sit I agree. No, I, just I watch agree. guys putt? No. Tiger's playing. I'm going to watch follow tiger tiger plays man the whole the whole everybody there follows yeah, tiger. i'm Remember following i were i go with a buddy and we pick a guy or you just switch you watch a guy for a couple holes you find bryson you go watch bryson for a couple holes i What'd just you think, think you about have... that quickly cap covers bryson did you watch yeah. it no i didn't watch it i just heard it wasn't like that good. just wiped the floor with him yeah i heard it wasn't that good but like brooks has the most 
has more experience, four majors. Brooks is just a better golfer. You've I seen think. you've seen uh, Bryson crack under pressure at the BMW Championship. There, <laughs> I missed. You missed Bryson, the two six Bryson footers. It was going sometimes nuts. Sometimes I just with his irons, I'm just like, man, what do you like? I'm not no, a golfer he, by his, any means. But his whole like, thing is a, is is with the driver. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, so on par threes, I'm watching, and I'm like, dude, like that's like me going out there. Like, honestly, yeah. like you're missing the hole. Like, you're not even on the green. Like, for me, on a par three. Unless it's like 200 yards. If it's, like, if it's like a par 170, I'm sorry. You should hit the green every time as a pro golfer. Dude, we are rambling on hard. We are rambling like Seriously, on. though. Like, you should just hit the green every time. You do this every day. Oh, it's windy or it's whatever. Golfer. It's like, okay, fine. You, on the edge of the green, okay. You're like, you're like three feet off to the left. It happens. But I see it all the time and I'm watching golf. I'm like, dude, another one? This guy's landing in the bunker. The bunker's 50 yards away from the hole. It's a 180-yard hole. How are you leaving it 50 yards short? I don't understand. So that's the one thing that bothers me in golf. So I, I just I just had to get that off my chest. I don't know why, but hey, I had to get it off my chest. Coming from the, the pro golfer, oh, Mr. Yeah, oh, yeah. Luca Moya. Let's wrap it up, Luca. Again, another 50-minute show for us. A lot to talk I can, about. You can listen to that during work. Mm-hmm. good. Uh, you can listen to the L2 Sports Podcast on Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. For Luca Moya, I am Lucas Cretelli. Go Leafs go. Go Pats go. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.